What is going on, Nets fans? It is, as always, your boy, Neil Villapiano, and welcome to another exciting edition of the Bridge to the Nets podcast right here on the Basketball Podcast Network, your number one spot to get everything you need to know about your Brooklyn Nets. I hope you guys are having a fantastic day wherever you're listening to this podcast episode. Thank you guys so much for taking time out of your day to check this podcast out and check out these episodes. I really appreciate it. You guys are the driving force on making the Bridge to the Nets podcast uh, successful and possible, obviously. This podcast episode and everything we do here at the Basketball Podcast Network are sponsored by our wonderful friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. I've mentioned it before, but I'll mention it again. With the NFL season well underway, college football rocking and rolling, and we're down to the very final week, almost two weeks, of Major League Baseball. DraftKings, as you know, is giving you guys great opportunities to get huge cash prizes. So if you want to get in on the action, here's what you do. You go to DraftKings right now, sign up, you use our promo code TBPN, and as always, tell them that Neil Villapiano sent you. Also, the Brits and Nets podcast, as well as the Basketball Podcast Network, are sponsored by our other great sponsors and great friends over at Raycon. When you check out and you get yourself some really awesome earbuds or headphones, make sure you use our promo code TBPN to get 15% off your purchase. That's the promo code for both of them, TBPN. And once again, thank you to DraftKings and Raycon for sponsoring the Bridge to the Nets podcast and the Basketball Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, we are just a few days away from Media Day and really the start of training camp. It's right here. September 26th, this upcoming Monday, will be when everybody on the Nets will be at camp at Media Day, which you know is going to be one of, if not the most interesting Media Day, not just in recent Nets history. Um, The other one I would probably say was back in 2019 when Katie and Kyrie were first here. But I think probably the most interesting and uh, most going to be most looked at um, media day of any team in the NBA this upcoming season. But we are just a couple days away from this team getting its first chance to practice with each other. And granted, um, via the Nets social media page, we've been seeing almost everybody of the main Nets roster at the Nets practice facility. Kyrie's been there. KD just got back um, after being inducted into the Texas Longhorns uh, Sports Hall of Fame. Congratulations to KD, by the way. And we've been seeing a bunch of other guys that uh, have been there for a long period of time, including Ben Simmons, who's been there for several weeks now. So we are right there. We are right there with the start of with the start of everything going. Um, we got a bunch to get to here on the Bridge to Nets podcast. Kind of, you know, once again, talk about, you know, how things are going to progress. We're talking about Kyrie a little bit. Uh, He obviously had some choice words about how he felt about getting swept by his former team, the Boston Celtics, last year in the first round. Going to talk a little bit about Joe Sy 
and uh, his ability to recruit certain players. Um, we're going to talk about Kyrie again also because it's important about what's going on in Canada or what will happen in Canada over the next couple of days that's really going to impact Kyrie Irving and other players who chose to be unvaccinated. Uh, talk about Kevin Durant, talking about uh, where he stands on the NBA ranks, and I have some choice words about that. I know Stephen A. did as well and then we're going to wrap things up with ben simmons having a open discussion on jj reddick's podcast the old man in the three podcast um about his time in philadelphia as well as looking to the future with his time here now with the brooklyn nets so as always guys we have a bunch to get to here on the bridge to the nets podcast so let's not waste any more time and tip this one off so we kick things off with what I just mentioned before. It's about Kyrie Irving calls Nets getting swept by Celtics a humbling experience. So earlier this past week, uh, Kyrie Irving was appearing on a Twitch stream and, and he uh, spoke about being swept by the Boston Celtics in the first round of the playoffs. He called it a humbling experience, but cautioned Boston that they would be seeing the Nets again. And uh, here was the quote from Kyrie from that stream. He first said, quote, it was meant to happen like that, said Irving. Motivation, bro. We needed that humbling experience, especially going against the Celtics. It was already built in to be that matchup. Kyrie would go on to later say, we're going to see him again. We're going to have to. They're going to be where they're going to be. But those youngins over there in Boston, bro, I got to see them grow up, grow up. So to see them doing what they did last year on the final stage, making it that far, I'm glad they had to go through us. So obviously, I mean, I mean, we've we have beaten this dead horse numerous times. And none of us as Nets fans want to even think about last year. We want to focus on moving forward into this year. But yeah. I think Kyrie is correct in the sense that that loss to the Celtics in getting swept in embarrassing fashion, uh, especially in games three and four, uh, should be a humbling experience to KD, Kyrie, and that entire Nets organization that, you know, they need to do a lot more and to have people be accountable, Kyrie in particular, um, to be there and to play and to create that chemistry and create that consistency because that was really much what it, that was really what was lacking. Um, and you saw a lot of that in that series. So that was kind of, that was kind of an important thing. Um, I want to sidetrack for just a moment because we're talking about the Boston Celtics uh, at the time of this recording. A lot of you guys actually know, probably know about this, but if you don't uh, Boston Celtics head coach and former Nets assistant, uh, Ime Udoka is on the verge of most likely being suspended for the entire 2022 2023 season uh, because of him breaking a code of conduct within the Celtics organization uh, because he has, he has or had a consensual relationship with a female coworker within the Celtics organization. Um, and obviously it's kind of a weird spot because it was a consensual uh, relationship. This was not something that we've heard where we normally hear where it's of, of rape or anything like that. Now, granted more information could come out, over the next couple of days. Um, but it looks like Ime Udoka will not be the Celtics coach for this upcoming year. And you do have to kind of scratch your head a little bit to say, if you are 
putting out this information and this and, and this is true and everything like that and he broke code of conduct why would you then suspend him for a year i feel like you either just decide he's the head coach and you said his job is not in jeopardy but then you are in the process of potentially suspending him for an entire year now i know the nba i think is the one that ends up making that decision but still uh, there seems to be just some fishy stuff going around like why was this brought out into the public now why is this considered a big deal granted it's a you know broke broke code of conduct which i don't know what conduct it was especially because it was a consensual relationship but at the same time it does make you wonder and obviously if ime udoka officially is going to be suspended for the year that is a massive blow to the celtics and not to obviously you know be I guess, self-centered or whatever, but it does create some sort of uh, positive when it comes to the Nets facing off against the Celtics, because if anybody knew how to stop the Nets and really frustrate them last year, it was Ime Udoka, our former assistant coach. Um, so that could certainly be an advantage in those matchups that we'll have against them in the regular season and potentially in the playoffs as well. Again, at the time of this recording, Ime Udoka is looking most likely he will be suspended, but nothing is confirmed yet. But at the end of the day, I think the whole situation with the news, with this coming out at the, the timing of it and the situation where they, the Celtics say his job is secure, although we're going to suspend him for a year, it was, it's very weird and it makes you wonder about what are the actual interior motives of the Celtics. So it's kind of something to... I would say as a basketball fan, kind of something to keep your eye on uh, moving forward. It, it will definitely be something that we'll all figure out. And uh, probably within the next 24 to 48 hours, we might have more clarity. I do know that there's a possibility today. I'm recording this on Thursday, the 22nd um, of September. There's a chance that today um, the, the announcement could be made that he's officially suspended. So we are, uh, we are kind of just waiting on that, but nonetheless, uh, that was just something I wanted to bring up. But the bottom line of what we were originally talking about was that Kyrie Irving kind of stating what I would consider to be the obvious, that it was a humbling experience for him in particular and the Nets to get swept by the Celtics. And hopefully the Nets can use that as fuel uh, for motivation and just create more motivation for themselves to come out and have a spectacular season, which we are all hoping for and also hoping that everybody is on the court and is present dot, 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 uh, when we get this thing underway. So next little uh, snippet I wanted to just uh, mention to you guys, which is kind of a, kind of a cool thing in a way. Uh, there's a report going around that Nets owner Joe Sy personally um, was attempt, was the one behind uh, really pushing to recruit Markeith Morris to sign with the Nets. Uh, veteran basketball reporter Mark Stein, who actually did cover the Nets for a while on uh, Bleacher Report back in, back almost a decade ago, this is 2014, 2015, wrote this week in a post to Substack that Brooklyn Nets owner Joe Sy made a personal recruiting pitch to the Nets free agent acquisition Markeith Morris this summer. And obviously it worked because Markeith did sign with the Nets. Uh, 33, he signed a one-year deal at $2.9 million with Brooklyn back in late August. So um, doesn't surprise me. Uh, the Psy family seems to do a pretty good job of recruiting and convincing. Um, I think first and foremost, when you look at the fact that the Nets were able to even get Katie and Kyrie and free agency in 2019 shows a lot. I think also the fact that we talk about, you know, what happened between Katie and the Psy family when it came to deciding that they were going to continue their partnership. The one 
um, person that was a, that was there in the second uh, meeting that wasn't in the first was Josai's lovely wife, uh, Clara Wusai, uh, who also is the majority owner of the uh, New York Liberty of the WNBA. But she was there. And so it was kind of a whole family group collective effort. And then you see Josai doing this with Marquise Morris. These guys, you know, this family does a pretty good job of convincing guys to want to come here. And especially when you have Katie and Kyrie in your foxhole, regardless of, you know, how long they're going to be here and how much longer they're going to be here, I think is an important thing. And maybe could be beneficial long term, especially if maybe you don't have one of Katie, Kyrie, or both in the very near future. So, um, this is kind of, it, it's obviously great that Joe Sy, he's known to be a very hands-on owner. So at the end of the day, this comes as no surprise. So shout out to uh, Joe Sy on getting Marquise Morris, and we'll see if he continues to be involved and maybe tries to recruit other people as the Nets continue to try to fill out their roster moving forward. The NFL action is in full swing here at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. We're talking touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If that's not enough, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Right now, for every leg you add and you can boost your winnings up to 100% with payouts bigger than ever. Why bet on football anywhere else? To make things even sweeter, you can throw down on stepped-up same-game parlays once per game all season long. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo codes THPN, TBPN, or TPPN to get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's codes THPN, TBPN, or TPPN. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the National Football League. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. So the biggest piece of news that we got didn't necessarily, didn't directly involve Kyrie Irving, but what is going to end up happening does indeed directly um, uh, factor to Kyrie Irving. And that is this. Um, the Canadian... The Canadian government uh, actually has made a COVID-19 vaccine decision ahead of the 2022-2023 NBA season. Canada announced on Wednesday that it will drop its COVID-19 vaccine mandate by September 30th. So that will be next Thursday, a week from today that I'm actually recording. So a little bit, actually, that was um, a little bit more than a week, next Friday, uh, according to the Globe and Mail. The mandate previously required Kyrie Irving and other unvaccinated athletes to quarantine for 14 days after entering the country. And the important thing about this is that Brooklyn has two regular season games in Toronto on November 23rd and December 16th. More importantly, the decision ensures the Nets that Kurt Irving will be available for away games in a playoff series against the Raptors, potentially. Uh, the news comes one day after Kyrie Irving voiced his opinion on New York City Mayor Eric Adams' decision to drop the city's vaccine mandate for, pri for private employers, but not for city workers. And Kyrie said in a tweet on Twitter, he said, if I can work and be unvaccinated, then all of my brothers and sisters who are also unvaccinated should be able to do the same without being discriminated against, vilified, or fired. This enforced vaccine slash pandemic is one, is one of the biggest violations of human rights in history, which is 
Um, you know, obviously I'm kind of used to Kyrie Irving saying something that like that. Um, obviously he also did share a conspiracy theory that Alex Jones, um, you know, talked about on his uh, social media. So that was kind of a, <laughs> but you, you get used to it now with Kyrie Irving that he's going to share how he feels about certain things, regardless of what our opinions are. He doesn't care about my opinion, your opinion, or anybody's opinion. He's going to do what he's going to do. But going back to the main point of this whole thing, yeah, this is a great thing because now, considering that you know mandates are really, really down now because the pandemic is not necessarily over. We're, I, but we're much more in the endemic. You know, obviously a lot more people are vaccinated. Things have been able to get more under control than they were before. And uh, Canada feels that it is much safer now to uh, to do this. And hopefully things continue to progress moving forward. But this is great because now the only way that w the only two ways now that Kyrie Irving would not play in those certain games is if he a is hurt or B, he does his usual Kyrie stuff and just disappears for no reason whatsoever. But as far as the as far as that, we don't have to worry about him. Oh, he just actually can't play because he's unvaccinated. So that is uh that is some pretty big news for Kyrie Irving. And that's some pretty big news for the Nets. That just adds on two more games that Kyrie Irving can play on the road, which is obviously important. So again, uh, Canada announced uh, earlier this week that it will drop its COVID-19 vaccine mandate and it will go into effect by September 30th, next Friday. So Kyrie Irving will be allowed to go to Toronto to play with the Nets in their two games, both on November 23rd and, 20, and December 16th, when they take on the Raptors uh, up north. So that is some really big positive news that uh, certainly gives the Nets an opportunity to play some more games with number 11 on the floor. So now the next thing I wanted to discuss with you guys is talking about Kevin Durant. Uh, obviously, as I mentioned before, Kevin Durant this past week was in Texas uh, at the University of Texas, where he went to college and was inducted into the Texas Longhorns uh, Athletic Hall of Fame. So he's part of the class of 2022. So congratulations to KD on that. Also, KD is back in Brooklyn, or at least he is in Brooklyn now. Uh, the Brooklyn Nets social media page has shown uh, some pictures of him working out with guys like Cam Thomas, Dayron Sharp, you know, the young guys that he seems to have a pretty good relationship with. And he's working out, which is obviously great that uh, he's there. And especially because we're only a couple of, like I mentioned, we're about four days away, three, four days away from the start of training camp. Um, but the big thing that actually came out was uh, talking about ESPN's NBA ranks, basically players, you know, ranking and all that. And that's based off of production and based on how important they are to their team and things like that and what their importance means to the overall team success. So ESPN released earlier uh, this week, it's 10 to 6 uh, rankings of the list of NBA ranks. So they have yet to release the top five. The two biggest surprises in the top in between six and 10 were this, and this is not in order. LeBron James actually is out of the top 10. He fell to number six after he was number three in 2021. And Kevin Durant fell from number one in 2021, all the way down to number eight. And 
my first reaction to it is it's surprising, very surprising to me that both Kevin Durant and LeBron James, who are two of certainly the top five best players in the NBA, and you look at LeBron being nearly 40 and still having so much success, and we obviously know how great Kevin Durant is, that both of them are not even in the top five. They're in the top eight, uh, which is still great. Obviously, it shows the importance. And I know that there's guys like Giannis and the Joker and Luka Doncic and guys like that that are there. But at the same time, it's really, really hard to see how both KD and LeBron James are not in the top five. Now, granted, for Kevin Durant, who may or may not care about this, he might actually, um, he might use this again more as motivation to kind of say his famous saying, you know who I am, I'm Kevin Durant type thing. Uh, I don't think LeBron really gives a crap, but I think KD probably gives uh, somewhat of a crap. Um, also, with each player, they kind of gave a description of, you know, just the kind of overall look of it. And then also the two things were, why did Kevin Durant fall seven spots? And one question for him going into the 2022-23 season. Now, this was written by Nick Ferdell, who covers the Nets for ESPN. And uh, we've heard a lot of his name, and we will probably hear a lot more of his name. Uh, as the season goes on. So Fredell started with his summary saying, no player drove the NBA summer conversation more than Durant. After requesting, then pulling back a trade request out of Brooklyn. How he fits back into a Nets culture after requesting that coach Steve Nash and general manager Sean Marks to be fired is one of the most intriguing questions in the league. And I was thinking about that recently about... Is it going to be awkward? Does Steve Nash not take offense to it? Like, how does this all work? I think Steve Nash probably doesn't feel as offended because he knows he has the backing of both the general manager and the owner, which is uh, a very, very important thing. Although you guys already know my opinions of Steve Nash, that he should not, he should never have been the head coach in the first place and he should be the head coach now. But, you know, I there isn't much I could do as a fan and none of us that we could do as fans to change this. So I guess we'll see what happens once the season gets underway. Now, the next part was uh, Fredell asking why he fell seven spots. Why did Kevin Durant fall seven spots? Fredell wrote, when Durant played, he was one of the best players on the planet. The problem for the former MVP is that he couldn't stay on the floor. A knee injury cost him almost two months worth of games. And for the second straight year, he was forced to miss a big chunk of the season. All of that is 1,000% correct. Durant has played in 90 out of a possible 152 regular season games over the first two seasons that he's been playing with the Nets. Uh, Durant, who will be 34 when the season tips, has to prove he can stay healthy in order for the Nets to vault back toward the East Elite. So... Yeah, and the Nets on Yes constantly were showing statistics about what the Nets record was and production and everything like that when Kevin Durant's on the floor and when he's not. And that again shows you how valuable KD is to this entire Nets team. And again, that should show you why he should be higher up than eight, that he should be at least in the top five. Okay, is he not number one? Fine. Is he number two or three? No. Okay, fine. But at least four or five. I mean, come on, man. This is Kevin Durant. And I understand that injuries are concerned, especially now with him being 33, going on 34, and having missed a good amount of games, of six, having, having him miss 62 games that he could have played in. That's nearly a full season that he has, uh, of games that he has not played. But at the same time, when he's on the court and when he's playing and he's fully healthy, 
He is the best player in the world. Look at what he was doing prior to him getting hurt against New Orleans and missing uh, a good chunk of last season. He was on pace to become the MVP. He was in that. He was the head and shoulders favorite to win the MVP. If he stay healthy the whole year and the Nets continue to to dominate the way they were dominating early in the season, the Nets are the not only are the Nets a top seed in the Eastern Conference, but we obviously still probably have James Harden. Kyrie Irving probably still doing his weird stuff. We'd eventually get him back at some point. And Kevin Durant is probably walking away with the, with the MVP trophy. So, like, all of that, to me, is ridiculous that KD goes from one to eight. Seven spots. Seven. Which I think is absurd. I think it's absolutely absurd. And I know that, like, people want to talk about, like, oh, like, Joel Embiid, this, and the other. Dude, Kevin Durant is two times better than Joel Embiid, okay? Joel Embiid, in many ways, is a fraud. Is he a, is he a very talented player? Yes. But does he come through in the clutch? Not really. I've seen Kevin Durant come through in the clutch numerous times for the Nets. Not just with Golden State, not just with Oklahoma City, but with the Nets in the short time that he's been here. And injuries is the biggest concern. But that's it. Injury is. It's not the level of talent. Now, I'm hoping that KD can take this... Um, this, uh, to quote Stephen A., this blasphemous um, decision-making to move him from one to one to eight um, as motivation. And uh, we'll say the last thing that Nick Friedle wrote was one huge question for the 2022-23 season. Uh, Friedle wrote, aside from health, the big question for the Nets is whether Durant will remain committed to the team. After a season full of emotional ups and downs for the organization, Durant's trade request and the uncertainty surrounding Kyrie Irving and Ben Simmons make the Nets one of, if the if not the most fascinating story in the NBA. But what happens if and when times get tough? Will old frustrations rise? And this is true. This is, we definitely, you know, it, it's easy for us to be optimistic about the Nets when you look at them on paper and look at what they can certainly do, but we have to be cautiously optimistic. We have to be painfully cautiously and um, optimistic because we really don't know when at some point one of Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Ben Simmons, or anybody decides to do something, or if the going gets tough and the Nets lose two or three in a row and they're not playing well, you know, how are the Nets going to respond and all the, the the Nets have more questions than answers, and it's going to be much more about, you know, what reaction we're going to get from everybody when we get into these moments. You know, we don't. None of us feel confident about it. All we could do is just get training camp underway and just see where things go. Um, but the bottom line with this whole thing is this: I get the whole injury part. I get also I do believe that there's a major factor with the fact that Katie's you know craziness with requesting a trade and then you know removing it and obviously everything like that could have could certainly have played a factor in his ranking. But if we're talking about just from a player per player perspective, Kevin Durant at least is one of the top five players in the NBA. Everybody knows that. Everybody knows that. And so to me, I think it's kind of a slap in the face that he fell that much from one to eight. But again, I'm hoping that KD could use this. Again, it's just more motivation to go out there and really prove the world once again that he is who he is, and that is Kevin Durant. Ladies and gentlemen, I got a story to tell you. Lately, I've been listening to a lot of One Republic, Coldplay, Imagine Dragons, and several other of my favorite, absolutely favorite music bands. And one reason it's been great to listen to is because I use my Raycon wireless earbuds to do it. Raycon's everyday earbuds look, feel, and sound better than ever. 
With optimized gel tips for the perfect in-ear fit, these earbuds are so comfortable and they will not budge. Trust me, I have used a lot of different earphones and things like that over the years, and these are the best. No matter where I move my head or how you know vigorous it might be, they do not budge. Raycon also gives you eight hours of playtime and 32-hour battery life. It's phenomenal. Ray Raycons are priced just right. You get quality audio at half the price of other premium audio brands. It's just such an unbelievable thing that Raycon offers you. It's no wonder Raycon's everyday earbuds have over 50,000 five-star reviews. And there are several different additional awesome features that Raycon has to offer. First and foremost, they have earbud tap functions, making it very easy for you to change volume, to change the song, to shuffle, so many different opportunities. Noise isolation. We know how much a lot of us crave the noise isolation and trying to really focus on what we're listening to. They give you that. And awareness mode helps you understand, well, really, it really does a good job, a phenomenal job, actually, of being aware of where you are, what situation you're in, to turn the volume up or down, depending on where you are. I mean, all of these features are phenomenal at such an affordable price. It is great. I would highly recommend you getting some. And if you are interested, here's what you do. Go to buyraycon.com today and use one of our promo codes, THPN15, TBPN15, or TPPN15 to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's codes THPN15, TBPN15, or TPPN15 at buyraycon.com to score 15% off your purchase. Buyraycon.com, code THPN15, TBPN15, or TPPN15. Once again, thank you to Raycon, and this is an offer you don't want to miss out on. Now, the fifth and final thing I wanted to discuss here was probably the, the biggest thing that involved anybody on the Nets directly. I know I talked about Kyrie Irving and the whole situation with uh, the Canadian vaccine mandate, but this involving Ben Simmons, I think is a little bit more important because this was kind of like the first time that we really got to hear Ben Simmons talk about his time in Philadelphia and also talk about, you know, what he could potentially do here in Brooklyn and his feelings about being with the Nets. Um, ben Simmons was on the Old Man and the Three podcast, which is mainly hosted by former NBA three-point dynamite uh, and also one of the most hated Duke players of all time in J.J. Redick. Uh, Simmons told the podcast that he believes the Nets and their star-studded roster, including Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, are perfectly suited for his style of play. Uh, ben Simmons said, quote, I think the talent that we have and the type of players that we have, we're going to be able to run the floor easily. I think this team right now is just a great fit for what I do and what I bring to the game, end quote, Simmons says. And he's not saying anything that we didn't already talk about numerous times. We know that Ben Simmons doesn't have a jump shot, although he does. He just doesn't use it very often. We know that he is a triple-double machine. We know that he's able to do that because he has really good defense and a tremendous, tremendous passing ability. 
And if Simmons is the guy who's constantly being the one distributing it to scores like Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, Joe Harris, Seth Curry, you know, different guys like that, you know, this guy can get something like 10, 11, 12 assists a night and be the one of the bigger catalysts of this Nets offense. And he's talking about, you know, he understands his style of play better than, ever, better than anybody. He is Ben Simmons after all. And he understands what his main role is going to be on the offensive side. He will score points, there's no question, but he's going to be mainly being the facilitator. That's pretty much what James Harden was in the short time that he was in Brooklyn, is that he just showcased his passing ability and got the ball to Katie and Kyrie and other guys on the roster. And that's basically what Ben Simmons is going to be here. Um, here's some other things that uh, Simmons talked about in the podcast. Uh, he acknowledged uh, he needed to step away from the game largely to focus on his mental health. Simmons said, quote, the first thing for me was really identifying that I got to get right. Being able to do that, that was the start of getting to where I am. I'm at now, Simmons said. I'm in a great place. I feel comfortable talking about it now, but those were some dark days for me. So obviously we can only go off of his word and hope that really he has taken a turn for the much better, that he is beyond that, you know, dark period of time with Philadelphia and, and in his mind mentally, and he can be fully fresh physically and mentally to be here with the Nets. Uh, Simmons added that he didn't feel supported by his Sixers teammates. What a shocker there. But he said all parties could have done a better job dealing with the entire situation. He said, quote, obviously I didn't handle things the right way. But the team didn't either, he said. So, yeah, I'm, obviously it sounds like Ben Simmons is acknowledging the fact that he screwed up. But he's also acknowledging the fact that the Sixers screwed up. And I think he's right. I think both parties are at fault for why things ended the way that they did. Um, but again, now he can move aside from that and just focus on being here with the Nets now because this is where he is. Uh, with the situation now behind him, Simmons is looking forward to a successful season with the Nets. Simmons said, quote, I think we have a special team, Simmons said. I think if we get it all together, we're going to be the champions. And that is, a, a, to me, that's a great way to end this podcast episode, isn't it? Um, I mean, yeah, at the end of the day, guys, that's what we want, right? As fans of this team, as people who cover this team, this is what we want. We want this team. We can see them on paper. We know the abilities that our three main guys have and the role players that we have around them. We know that this team in some degree is better than the team it was last year. And certainly after James Harden was traded that we feel very confident, but it's a cautious optimism because of all the things that could potentially happen. And the fact that we have a history of these potential things actually happen. But at the end of the day, as we said before, all we could do is focus on this team getting ready for training camp, which is this upcoming Monday, guys. It's right freaking here. Uh, media day is going to be a hell of a hell of a time, and we'll see how things go once we get underway. But at the, and at the end of the day, guys, we are hoping that training camp is the first building block to building towards the Nets becoming good enough, as Ben Simmons said, to be champions.